You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Jenna Ashkowitz, and you're listening to The Fabulous Invalid. Welcome to The Fabulous Invalid, Broadway's podcast where we present essential conversations with a curated roster of the best, most important, and innovative theater makers working today, from actors to writers, directors, designers, and everyone in between. We took our name from the title of a 1938 play by Kaufman and Hart that has since become a loving nickname for Broadway itself, always deemed on the verge of decline yet always bouncing back, The Fabulous Invalid. I'm theater savant Jamie Dumont. And I'm Rob Russo, writer and theater critic with StageLeft.NYC and StageLeft, the podcast. Hi, Rob. Hi, Jamie. Um, Well, it's just us today. I know. Yeah, we're back to, you know, back to what it was like when, when Jen was doing company. Oh. I know. I love it. You know, Jennifer Smart is busier now in quarantine than she was when she was doing eight shows a week. I know, She right? is constantly doing stuff for the Actors Fund, helping out with this I mean, it's it's yeah, amazing. That, that's because she's such a good person, right? That's very, very true. <laughs> and everybody loves her, so she's in demand, you know? Yeah, including <laughs> us. Uh, but I'm so excited because this week uh, we're chatting with my friend, uh, who's a star of stage and screen. She's an author, activist, podcaster, and producer, Jenna Ushkowitz. Jenna made her Broadway debut in the 1996 revival of The King and I, uh, and also appeared on Broadway in Spring Awakening and Waitress, before venturing into producing with Once on this Island, for which she won a Tony Award, Be More Chill, uh, The Jungle, and The Inheritance. But of course, she is most famous for creating and playing the role of Tina Cohen Chang for six seasons on the hit Fox TV series Glee. And in addition to her career as an actor and producer, she's also entered the world of podcasting and has been an activist for civil rights and environmental causes and an advocate for adoption. And I have to say, to, to properly set up the conversation, when I said my friend, um, I, I meant that quite literally. So Jenna and I went to high school together. She was a year ahead of me, and we did several shows together. We had a very, very uh, amazing theater department, and it was very close-knit. So she was like the little red to my baker. Uh, we were in The Baker's Wife together, the Stephen Schwartz musical that no one does. And just really, really good theater-going buddies and best buds at the time. Um, and I've kept in touch, obviously, over the years. And I know I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but some of my favorite memories of Jenna stem from us going into the city to see shows, which we did all throughout high school. Uh, we saw Wicked together for the first time. We saw Spring Awakening together for the first time. Jamie, you're going to love this. We saw Taboo together. <laughs> 
Wow. That's, yeah, yeah. Just imagine like two like 16-year-olds just going to see Taboo, you know? <laughs> I'm still processing that your high school did the baker's wife. Yes. Like, what high school does that? Oh my God. Our, our high school did Assassins. Our high school did um, the Laramie Project. We, I mean, we, we did a lot of really like, you know, choicey material. Yeah, good for them. And it yeah. was a, a Catholic high school. And it was if a I'm Catholic high school. That's yeah, the thing. See, yeah. that's, that's, I think, where I'm stuck in how progressive all these shows are. The, the, the head of our department was hired the year that the school opened. And a condition of his hiring in 1975 was that he would have total control over the productions that the school would not interfere at all with his artistic freedom. So when we did Pippin, we did we did the Bob Fosse choreography and we had all the curse words and all the sex and like and it was a Catholic high school on Long Island. That's amazing. Well, you know, this solidifies over and over again to me the importance of arts in education. Yeah. It's it you cannot understate how important it is. Look at you. Look at how well you turned out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean so much of who I am is because of that theater department. 100%. I know. And I'm sure Jenna we've, we've met. will say the same. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And look, I mean, she's yeah. so accomplished and fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think I think we should waste no more time and I think we should get to our conversation with yeah, her. Right let's now. do it. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Yay. Well, Yay. I, I, I have to say, Jenna, right off the bat, that I am one of the privileged few who had the opportunity <laughs> to see you as Penny the Swan in Honk the <gasps> Musical, which oh is, God. if you don't know, the musical <laughs> version of The Ugly Duckling. The year was 2001. I was a member of the stage crew. <laughs> Uh, I was still in braces and battling acne, uh, but I mentioned this because it's when I first fell in love with you and I decided Aww. right then and there we would be friends. <laughs> yes, I, you know what, weren't you, were you on the makeup crew with me for something or did I do your makeup for 1776? I think you did my makeup I that did spring, your, yeah. your wrinkles. Yep. I did your wrinkles. Yes, my, um, I was Samuel Chase in 1776, the, the fat <laughs> delegate from Maryland. That's right. <laughs> which, is a, which is a fact our listeners are very familiar <laughs> that's with. That's right. We have way. talked about 1776 <laughs> before. It's very seminal for our country and for me personally. That's right. For those who happen to miss the Holy Trinity High School production of Honk. <laughs> so you actually made your professional debut at the age of three. I was wondering if you could share with us how you got started in the business. Yeah, I mean, it was like a slow burn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started when I was three. Um, I used to be the little one at restaurants that would go up to uh, other families and say hi. And so, <laughs> you know, everybody would be like, "You, sh- she's so um, out- outgoing and bubbly. You should put her yeah. in modeling. And so I started off in like a lot of print ads and um you know, back then there was like a good amount of money in print ads. So <laughs> we, um, I ended <laughs> oh, up... Oh, the 90s, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I had done like probably 
gosh, over 500 print jobs and 100 national commercials by the time I was like 10 or 11. Um, so it was just nonstop when I was a kid. And, I, I, and then I got into theater. And um, that's when I fell in love with Broadway was when I um, booked The King and I, the revival in 1996 with Donna Murphy and Lou Diamond Phillips. So that's really when like, you know, I felt like it catapulted into something a little bit more serious um, rather than just like, you know, saving for my college fund. The Royal Princes and Princesses. The King and I is my absolute favorite musical. And I saw that 96 revival probably more times than I should admit to. I saw Donna Murphy do it at least four or five times. I saw Faith Prince do it twice. I saw um, Marie Osmond close it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I, there was another. I'm missing a Mrs. Anna. There's somebody in there. There's, I'm missing um, one of them. <laughs> uh, it was Donna, then Faith. You're right. There was somebody else that I'm missing I'm, as I'm, well. You I'm definitely saw me because I did. I I was with Donna, and then I was with Faith for a very short. Pre- oh no, no, I was just with Donna. That's right. I was just with Donna. Um, I, well, I saw you. I saw you four times. Then is that's what crazy. I did. Um, that's crazy. I know. I know. I love that production. I love that show. It it had to have been magical. You were eight years old, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. What tell tell us a little bit about that? What was your favorite part of doing that show? Yeah. Um, well, the good thing about that show, um, you know, kind of like the sound of music, there's just a ton of kids in the, in the show. Mm, so like, yeah. it's like an after school activities. I mean, I was in fourth grade, I was nine and 10. So I was in fourth grade and I would go to school and then, um, I would, my dad would pick me up and we would drive into the city and he bought a minivan so that I could sleep on the way home because it was a long show. It was a two hour and 45, 50 minute show, right? Um, And uh, I, you know, it was just the weirdest thing, but there were 14 of us. And so there was a schoolroom. We had like two floors of the dressing rooms on the fourth and fifth floor. The Neil Simon had the elevator with the the elevator operator named Lloyd. So like we became friends with Lloyd and like everybody just lived for the children. And so we were treated like gold there. And like we just, we were brought into this family and I got to see like what the Broadway community was all about at a very young age. And, um, you know, I think it's, I, I definitely, it definitely taught me discipline and responsibility in a different way than any, uh, you know, other nine-year-old probably, unless there's, you know, a kid playing tennis at nine. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, I think the most fun was like, hanging out with this, this, these people that, um, I could call family. And, um, also like, uh, I think about this now, like being around 50 cast, I think there were 52 cast members and, um, 95% of them were Asian American. So like, mm-hmm. for me, it was like being around, I was adopted. And so my parents are Italian and, and Irish Catholic. And so being around 50, 40 other people who looked just like me, who, you know, brought me into this world. It was like, I, I think it was really profound for me as a, as a young child and really shaped who I was and, and my boosted my confidence, I think. Haven't you noticed 
That's such a unique experience, particularly back in '96. Yeah. Um, you're very, you're very fortunate. Are, I'm assuming those are all friendships you've made. Friendships that have continued beyond that production, in terms of the the cast members. Yeah, you know, it's strange now because um, I've actually gotten back into touch with a lot of people because social media wasn't around at that time. You really had to make right. an effort. And I was a kid living on Long Island, going to school, so like it wasn't like we could have dinner in the city. Like I was, you know, when I left the show, I was ten years old. So. Right. Um, you know, now it's really interesting. These, all the like the women who played my mother and like, um, you know, all these cast members and dancers have families and kids that are, are grown. And, um, the littlest ones are now over 21, which is wild. Um, because they were three and five when I was in the show. Wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I've definitely kept a lot of friendships. The, uh, Ironically, the the one that I've kept the closest with is Donna Murphy. Um, we just, you know, bonded really quickly um, during the show, and she really took to me. And um, I'm just so grateful and like to be able to have a role model like that in the industry, who's, I mean, obviously iconic at this point. And then to to have her um, like a second mom really um, has been so wonderful. She's such a light in my life. So. I will never forget when we went to see her in Wonderful Town, Jenna. And <laughs> we went backstage and we got to meet her. And it was so cool because, you know, obviously we were meeting Donna Murphy, but it was so special to see the two of you interact because it was very clear to me that, like, mm. it wasn't a casual thing. Like, she really was so invested in you. You know, we were in high school yeah. at the time, right? So this is before right. Glee. This is before, you know, you've done all these other amazing things since then. Like, we were just high school kids who, you know, yeah. were doing the spring musical. And she took the time to chat with us. And, like, it just it was a very special thing that I'll she, always And I'll she always is remember. really, really special. I mean, for also people who don't know, like, Rob and I, I don't, I don't know if you'll preface this at all, but, like, yeah. Rob and I, you know, obviously we're very close in high school. And, like, on our weekends, we chose to, like, take the money that we had saved and go and, like, student rush shows when you could student rush and go to the box office yep. and get $26 seats <laughs> or, you know, go to TKTS and see what was on the board. And we would go to our Hard Rock or Planet Hollywood, right? And we would get our our yep. food oh, or yeah. dinner and then we would go see shows yep. and take the train home. And that was like <laughs> a lot of our weekends. <laughs> uh, well... We have to talk about Glee, obviously, because, you know, it's Glee. Um, and, you know, it was such a groundbreaking TV show, really, for its, like, weekly integration of musical performance into a scripted comedy drama series. It gave voice to so many different types of characters yeah. that you never really saw, you know, on, on the small screen. Um, I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit about the casting process for that, because I imagine it was, you know, sort of unique for a TV show because it had so many different elements, not just it was. being able to act, right? Yeah. No, no, definitely it was. I mean, shockingly, they did not ask us to move or dance once. Really? Um, what? Not, not, not once. I know. It's pretty wild. So basically... You know, there was the LA casting and the New York casting. I was, um, I had just graduated from Marymount Manhattan College in 2007. Um, I had booked Spring Awakening as a swing, um, in 
early 2008. I joined the cast, I think January 3rd. And um, I had been with that show. And I think the casting process started for Glee around in like April of 2008. And um, Jim Carnahan was casting it and he had also cast Spring Awakening. So, I mean, he basically brought in our entire theater. Like we were walking into <laughs> Chelsea and, or, or Jim, uh, Jim's offices and like, it was like, you know, uh, the revolving door. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, Skylar. Hey, <laughs> hey, Alessandra. So it was, um, it was pretty crazy. Um, but I went in for Tina and her one, her two lines in the pilot are stutters. Um, she originally was written to have Tourette's. And so, um, she has two lines and that was it. And I'm, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. We, we didn't have to sing for our initial audition and our tape for Jim because they knew we were on Broadway in Spring Awakening. So they were right. like, we know you can sing. Um, so just come in and read for the, the, the lines. So, you know, you know, when you have like one or two lines, you kind of look and you're like, Oh, I got it. And it's whoa, 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 what? And I, 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 that was, t- those were Tina's two audition lines. So I, I know. And, and she had Tourette's. And so I had to do some research on like, you know, what it's like for a girl to have Tourette's in her, you know, her teen years. And and just because like, I didn't want it to be an impression. I wanted it to be um, something that she, you know, actually emulated and had. And so, and, you know, struggled with. So it was really interesting, but um, I did the one line and I kind of forgot that there was two. And so he's like, okay, let's do the other one. And I was like, what? And that was it. That was the line. What? Um, wild. So, um, so well, you nailed it. Yeah. You know what? I did. I did. Um, I Talk forgot about, about method. it. Right, yeah. Exactly. I forgot about it. Um, it kind of went away. And then about a month later, I got a call, um, saying Ryan Murphy and the producers of Glee were coming into New York and they wanted to meet me. So I went in and I sang waiting for life to begin, which is weirdly ironic after, uh, having produced, uh, you know, co-produced yes. the, yeah. the revival. And, um, because Tina has no lines, I, I sang and, you know, it's like any normal musical theater audition where you probably sound like shit and the accompanist is on the wrong tempo and you're just singing and it's weird. But, um, you know, we got through it. And uh, Ryan said, okay, well, since there's no lines for Tina, I, I would love if you could just improvise. And, um, you know, panic set in. And I, I was like, you know, stuttering with this Tourette's and saying like, basically what I I improvised that my mom wanted me to join Glee Club because it would be good for me to make friends um, because of my challenges. So um, he was like, I just love that you made her so positive. And I was like, thank (laughs) you. And I left. And then um, about another month later, it was really like two, three months, like um, I got a call and said, they're going to test your tape for studio, which is basically when you go in for TV, um, you you go in, you go for the casting directors, you go for producers, and then they'll take you to the studio and you have to pass through the studio. And then usually the next day you'll go to network. And if you test, it's usually like down to one, two or three of you for the role. So because I was in New York and I was literally in the show, they said, we'll test your tape for studio. And then if you pass, you'll find out, you'll get on a red eye tonight after your show and you'll test in the morning in LA for Fox. 
So I found out during the show that my studio tape had passed and that I would be flying to LA. So I flew and um, that morning they they put me up at the Intercontinental. I walked over to Fox. I tested with a bunch of other people, including Kevin McHale and Chris Colfer. I sang. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the Tina stutters. I did the, the improv again. And um, I actually tested with Gideon Glick as well. Um, who was oh there gosh. for Artie. <laughs> and within 30 minutes after we tested, I found out that I had gotten the show. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's that's quite a story. Um, I have a quick sort of sidebar question. What was your go-to audition song in that period in your life? Was it Waiting for Life oh to my Begin? Goodness. Um, what was that period of time? Um <laughs> Honestly, no, it was not Waiting for Life, and that was probably the first time I had sang that song um, at an audition. (laughs) I just loved it so much. Um, I had a big book because I had come out of college, and I think Fine, Fine Line was my biggest 32. Uh, Oh, my Uh, God. mm -hmm. I love that. I had a good mix. And so, like, she had that, like, pingy mix as well, and I was like, this is just gold. And for pop at that time, because they were asking for a lot of pop um, or like contemporary Broadway, it was hopelessly devoted to you. Those are great songs. Thanks. Wow. (laughs) It's funny. It's also so funny to think of hopelessly devoted to you as a pop song because it's not really a show tune, right? Because it wasn't wasn't written for the musical. It was written for the film. But it's so equated to Grease in my mind that it, it... Anyway, that's interesting. Okay, back to Glee. I'm I'm sorry. I just I, no. I, I'm, I love that question. <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by the audition process. Plus, yeah. you know, don't take this the wrong way. You were very young, and those are such smart song choices. You know, I think Thank you. I think it's really I think it's really smart. Um, and I think it also says a lot about who you are, that you you were very in tune with your strengths as a performer and when how to showcase mm. that. And and I just Anyway, so um, thank you for indulging me. Um, thank you. All right, back back to Glee. Um, okay. Tina, she's a goth girl. 
right? Or what? Mm-hmm. Or started out as a goth girl, and she, that's very different, clearly, from who you are. So I'm curious: were there were there any things that you learned by playing her? Anything that she taught you as a character? Um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, actually, like going back even to after booking the pilot and going in. Um, I was originally supposed to be a nerd. Tina was supposed to be a total nerd like Artie. She had mom jeans and she had had sneakers <laughs> and sweater vests. And I think when Ryan saw the the board of um, you know Artie and Tina, we looked too similar. It was like it was yeah. too close to you know what I mean. Like it just didn't. It wasn't um, dynamic enough for him, I think. And so I went in for a second fitting, and our costume designer Lou Arik, who does I mean every Ryan Murphy thing ever, she's amazing. Was like we're going goth, and I was like. Oh my gosh. So my audition song in the pilot was I obviously I kissed a girl um from Katy Perry, but it was originally if I were a bell. And she was supposed Tina was supposed to sing if I were a bell for her audition. Um <laughs> and so it just totally shifted, which yeah. it, it clicked. It clicked for me. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Cause if I were a bell, like Rachel would have done, right? Like that. Totally, yeah. totally. Um yeah. so it just totally like it gave it just another it gave her another layer. I think what I learned from Tina, and I think I've I found more similarities than I thought I would with her and her character, and with her and me kind of stepping into her shoes. Like I was, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also like a massive introvert. I'm a little bit of both, and so um, <laughs> obviously this the misconception is that all performers are extroverts, right? Um, because we have right. to just be on, but I'm a total introvert. And so um, it's, I really found that like we were similar in ways that like she would, she would sit in the background and then when she had something to say, she would say it. And then she would kind of go back into the background again, you know? And so um, I like to call Tina an onion. Like you just peel back her layers. You learn a little bit more about her every time you like take another mm. layer off, um, which is, I think throughout the six seasons, we really got to see her evolve um, because she got more screen time and she, you know, she was a senior after those kids had graduated and she was like, I'm the queen bee now, like, you know, yeah. hear me roar. Um, and so I think I, I found a lot more, um, I actually found that I was more similar to her than I had thought. I think that's what I learned. Um, and I, I appreciated her. I think uh, Jane Lynch actually said something to me that really, um, stayed with me. She in like season two or three when I wasn't really being written for as much as I probably would have liked because there were eighteen of us at the time. Um, she wow. said, "You know, you're you remind me of me." She said, "You know, you and Tina remind me of me." You kind of sit in the background and then you come out, you wham bam punch, and then you go back. And I just like that really meant a lot to me, especially coming from Jane Lynch, who has had quite the career to to feel like. Um, you don't always have to be in the spotlight. You don't always have to be, you know, number one and and um, kind of like down center all the time. So uh, that was really helpful for me. I imagine you having such a background in musical theater that that must have really helped you get through all of that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that I think it. Not everyone it did, right? No. And, and here's the thing, like a lot of people, you know, Kevin came from music and he was in a boy band. So that definitely helped. And like, you know, Amber came from being a session singer for a long time. And so she, you know, she rocked in the recording studio and she has 
you know, the voice <laughs> of a lifetime. But, um, right. you know, it, it was it was helpful with the discipline and it was helpful with the regimen because, like, we just always showed up on time anyway. And, like, in Hollywood, a lot of the time they have people who literally will take your hand and walk you from one place to the other because that's where they need you to be or else people wander. Um, so for <laughs> us, it was like, yeah, you know, being on time is 30 minutes early. Um, and so that definitely helped. But um, having six weeks to learn a show on Broadway or, you know, some you know, form of that or uh, range. Like we learn these numbers in one day and we'd be like, we're perfectionists. I'm a perfectionist. And if it's not perfect, yeah. like I, it's really frustrating. So I had to kind of like loosen up on my control issues with that because um, you learn a number with you know, having shot for 12 hours that day and worked and then having to learn this number, soak it in, go to bed, come back 12 hours later and do it you know, at, in, you know, at full speed. So it was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, I think with the discipline, it definitely helped. We were like, all right, I guess we could do this. But for six years, I, I don't know how, we, I actually don't know how I did it. <laughs> but I see your true colors shining through. I see your true colors and that's why I love Speaking of your six years on television and your career in theater, do you, looking at both of those, do you have a preference for one or the other? I mean, they're very different mediums. They take the same amount of discipline, but at this point in your career, do you, do you have a preference for working in one medium? It's a good question. Um, I go back and forth every day. Um, I think I like, I mean, at, at the core, at my core, theater is home. The stage is home for me. Um, there's nothing like being in front of a live audience and, and getting instant gratification and getting that, that rush, you know, that you get when you perform. Um, I, I think Glee was a, a juggernaut that is, was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, TV, TV can be great, but TV's schedules are shit. Um, at least in my experience, like you can't yeah. schedule anything and you really are kind of like you're owned at that point and not in a bad way. It's just that that's your time is theirs. Um, and so for me, I, I think I like the, the, that I know what a Broadway schedule is and I know that like from six to eight, you know, six to 10 every night, like that's my time. And like, I, and that's when that's my time to work. Um, I don't know though, because like when I did Waitress, it was like, oh wow, like you can't do anything else. Like a Broadway <laughs> performer's life is really like you are dictated by the fact that you can't talk all day. You can't go and do all this crazy stuff all day long, which I don't, some people do labs and, you know, rehearsals for other shows during the day and then go to their show and I don't know how they do it. But, um, I, I honestly don't know. That's It's a really hard question for me to answer because I love my life in LA and I love um, working um, in front of the camera, behind the camera, but there's just something that I think 
is like no other when you're on stage performing. Well, one way that you have, you know, sort of stayed um, very involved in the theater is by becoming a producer. Um, and I know you you yeah. alluded earlier to Once on this Island, um, which I believe was the first project you co-produced. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And you won a Tony Award. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> right out the right out the bat, yeah, I mean, right out the good. gate. <laughs> Thanks yeah, so right? much. <laughs> so, so, what what made you want to start producing for the stage? Among all the many hats that you've worn in your career to date, yeah, you know, I think it started um, kind of like around the, during Glee. Like, I started to use different parts of my brain that I had never used before as, as far as, um, you know, my, my craft. Like I, I knew how to perform. I knew how to, um, sing and dance and act, but like just using the, the organizational part of my brain that was like, oh, I, I like connecting people. I like networking. I like, um, putting things together. I like creating content. Like that was new Mm -hmm. for me. And so, um, I started realizing like when I wrote uh, my book, Choosing Glee in 2013, it was the first time I had started to like kind of step out on my own and go like, oh, there's other facets of this, this industry that I could really take advantage of, um, that suit me well. And so that's when I started to learn about it. And then Hunter Arnold, who is the lead producer on Once on this Island, the revival, um, my producing partner, Ashley Latimer, she had been working with Hunter and joined this group called Uplift. And it's a producer initiative for the um, underrepresented in in um, the producing world. So um, basically, Hunter decided that when Once on the Island was going to uh, come to Broadway, that he wanted to bring in... Um, the underrepresented producers out there, because who is he as a 40-year-old white man to tell this story about this young uh, woman of color from, you know, this Caribbean island? And so right. he um, he wanted to go out there. And I think out of 13,000 producer slots, three of them were African-American uh, that year. And so it was really jarring to him. And he thought, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to I'm going to make them. I'm going to make these underrepresented producers. And so we started Uplift. um, And Ashley had actually come to me looking for investors. And she was like, but actually, I think you'd be really great for this program. So if you want to join in, maybe we could go in on this together. So we actually co-produced this together as Eshkowitz Latimer Productions. And um, I had started a nonprofit called the Kindred Foundation for Adoption, which kind of stemmed out of this executive producer um, position I had on this documentary, Twinsters, where my best friend actually found her twin through Facebook. Um, hmm. and, and they were separated at birth and adopted to two different countries. And they found each other on Facebook at 26 years old. Wow. And it was on Netflix. It world premiered at South by Southwest. And it's a really, really compelling and uh, gorgeous story. And, um, you know, the fact that they could find each other, luckily that young, you know, you'd think like ironically 20, 26 is not that young, but a lot of twins end up finding, finding each other much later in their lives. Um, if they were separated. So, um, sorry, I'm like going off on tangents here, but (laughs) we, um, I started that, you know, foundation for 
you know, adoptees for socio and economic um, needs. And um, Sam and I co-founded that together. And so I had been started, like I had started really fundraising a lot and reaching out to people and had like a a small group of um, really amazing donors and um, people who were really invested in me and my projects. And so it really lent itself to... um, coming on board for Once on this Island really quickly. Um, I think I had a month to raise uh, for our raise uh, for Once on this Island. So it was really quick. And it was during Thanksgiving. So um, (laughs) I actually gave myself two ulcers. Um, No probs, no probs. But, uh, you know, so yeah, that um, that was Once on this Island. And then I kind of stuck with this program for a couple of years and we did um, The Jungle at the, on the West End and um, The Inheritance, uh, but not through the program anymore. Ashley and I had to graduate and um, <laughs> uh, and also did separately Be More Chill on Broadway as well. Right. It's yeah. been really fun, really fun. So how do you um, go about picking which projects you want to get involved in because you know obviously you got two ulcers right it's a lot of work um, you know so yeah. how do you, how do you pick which show you want to yeah I think it's money I think it's all about I think it's finding it's all about timing and it's all about the stories um, I think Ashley and I um, have really chose story stories we want to tell uh, first and foremost and so once on this island. Uh, being quite as diverse as it was with a young woman at the helm of the show was really, uh, really interesting to me. And um, the inheritance as well, the two part um, that unfortunately, you know, didn't get an official closing night like many shows uh, didn't. But um, Mm. also, gosh, uh, really important, I think. It was a really important story to tell. Um, and needed to be needed to be made and and seen in the U.S. And so we got to, um, I mean, we begged Hunter for that one and for the jungle <laughs> as well, which is all about refugees um, yeah. at this camp. So um, it's really first and foremost stories, but then also with our investors and you know being a new producer, our our network is quite small. So, you know, right now. And so we don't have a ton of people to reach out to over and over again. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, so it's really smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, pick the right people. And, and obviously, um, but we've had, we've been really lucky with our network and the people who have supported us and, and the arts. So, um, you know, first and foremost story, but also just timing too, you know? Well, among your many hats that I alluded to earlier um, <laughs> is uh, the fact that you've also been somewhat of a pioneer of the podcast world. Um, I know 
you and I had dinner like five years ago and you were talking about podcasts. And that's like before anybody was talking about podcasts. Um, You were a a co-founder of At Will Radio uh, and you've hosted now, I believe, three different um, shows, uh, podcasts, um, Infinite Positivities, Epic Fail, which I loved, um, (laughs) and your new show with Kevin McHale, uh, Showman's uh, Glee Recap Edition. So how how did you first get involved in, in podcasting? You know, gosh, after I'd moved back to New York and it was uh, shortly before I booked Waitress, there was this time when I would, um, between between the time that I had shot Hello Again, the musical movie with, um, you know, the wonderful Aja McDonald and Martha Plimpton and Cheyenne Jackson, I felt very lucky Casual. among those Casual. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty wild. <laughs> no big deal. Um, oh, gosh, I just love that musical so much and I fell in I love with it and Michael John is just so wonderful and so <laughs> it was pretty wild. But um, I did that and then there was this lull and, and I don't really like, to sit around. I, I really live on the principles of making your own opportunities. And so um, podcasting felt like the next venture, you know, after writing a book and performing a little bit. It was like, I, th- I felt like I had some more to say. And so um, we kind of uh, framed the the podcast after my book, um, mm-hmm. you know, living your most, you know, happy and positive life. And so my friend Will... And I, um, uh, he was the founder of um, At Will Media, it's now called. He mm-hmm. was in New York. He lives in New York and he was kind of uh, taking a shift from the restaurant business into more a more creative field. And um, we were sitting at lunch and I said, you know, I think I'm going to start a podcast. I really don't know a lot about it. but I, And he goes, that's so weird. I've been trying to build a podcast network. And it was kind of like kismet. It was just one of those things that you go, okay, cool, let's let's do it. So, um, we, uh, we he was like, if you want to be a founding host on the network, um, I will also would love to have you on as um, a partner in the company. And so, um, you know, I felt very lucky to have a, a place that was already kind of set up for me to go in in a studio. He built a whisper room and, um, you know, kind of just <laughs> try this out. And he's really creative. And we, you know, we learned a lot by Infinite Positivities. I learned how hard it is to model a theme around a guest rather than like have a broad theme and have your guests come in and chat. Um, I learned how to be a host for the first time and really gear like a shift, you know, um, lead a conversation. So, um, and then as infinite positivities came to a close, it was like, do we want to do this again? Or is it too hard? It's like a lot. Um, and I really enjoyed it, but it, it was time to shift gears. And so we shifted to Epic fail. And yeah. same producers, it was at Will Media. And we just thought, like, you have all these amazing, you know, performers coming in telling really funny stories. So why don't we just, like, kind of, uh, I don't know, just shift with that. And so uh, Epic Fail was all these amazing performers telling us about the one, the one fuck-up that they had that they remember very, very vividly, which you just never forget. Um, and And then... 
Showbands came about years later when I moved back to LA and Kevin and I had just been looking for something to do together again after Glee. We're, you know, the best of friends and, um, you know, I think there any excuse to work with your friends is really great. And we've learned a lot about each other during the podcast, but, um, the podcast initially was about couples who have met and not necessarily like uh, romantic couples, but uh, work yeah. wives, work husbands, and um, friends who have worked together or met through work. And so we kind of wanted to just like explore other people's experiences that were similar to ours. And so um, that was Showman season one. And then we kind of shifted because the response from the Glee fans was just so massive and you know, you got to give your fans what they want. And so uh, anytime a Glee member would come on, it was like, talk more about Glee, talk more about Glee. And we were like, are we supposed to be doing a Glee recap podcast? Um, And so we have, and it's done really, uh, I I mean, the response has been amazing and we're, we're having a really good time rewatching it. I mean, we're still early in the early seasons, so we'll see how it goes later on. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, so that's been the podcast world and I'm really loving it. And obviously you guys know, um, and Rob, when you told me you were doing this, I was like, it just made so much sense to me for you to to shift into, you know, the, your, your stage left blog and your review. Yeah. and your you know this it's just um it just made total sense so well, it's funny. What, you were one of the first people that we asked to come on our show, but at the time, you know, you're, and you still are primarily in LA, and we were trying not to, at least initially, do phone interviews. So, like, you said yes right away, and then we were like, oh, but you know what? The sound quality won't be as good. So we we waited, and then of course, you know, a year and a half later, we have no option but to do uh, a phone or <laughs> or online interview. So thank you for being an early booster of ours, and oh, uh, so glad gosh. we could finally, you know, get together. I know, I know. I mean, luckily, it's it's. Uh, some of the few things that we can do right now. You right. Know? Yes. So. <laughs> it's, it's a very safe way of connecting. It's true. Uh, it's very but true. But Jenny, you make a good point because it is, you know, podcasting, it, it can be challenging and you really do have to learn a new skill set if you're, you know, if you've not been a talk show host or done those kinds of things. And it it, it can be very challenging and you you are spectacular at it and and your shows are great. Epic Fell is really a masterpiece and it's, it's well <laughs> so worth, fun. it's well worth checking out. Um, but before we, as we, as we sort of um, draw to a close, we thought it would be fun since we are in quarantine times uh, to play a little game. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a minute on the clock and uh, we're just going to ask you a sort of a quick fire round of questions. Rob and I I'm will go so back and forth. I'm so nervous. <laughs> no, don't be too, don't be too ner- nervous. I mean, I think... Uh, you know all the answers. Yes, yeah. yeah the, these, yes, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to start now. First Broadway show you saw? Les Mis. What's your go-to cast album? Oh, oh you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> ah. <laughs> the revival, that I assume. That was weird. The revival. And also, um, Children of Eden. Oh, wow. Good. Okay, good. favorite snack food? Mm, um, kale chips. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Um, favorite tattoo? I know you have a ton. Oh, gosh. Uh, the Jason Robert Brown, um, Love is Always Better, on my arm. Mm. Dream Broadway role. Am I too old now? Kim and Miss Saigon. <laughs> it's the stage. You can be any age. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> Yankees or Mets? Yankees. Burrito or sandwich? Burrito. Glinda or Alphaba? 
Elfie. <laughs> First celebrity crush. Ryder Strong. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know who that Boy is. World. Boy Meets World. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, what was your worst non-theater job? Ugh, working at a bagel store. <laughs> Favorite curse word? Fuck. Of course. And then this last one is probably the most unfair question we could ever ask anyone. Favorite oh. Donna Murphy performance? Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> fuck. Um, okay, I'm going to go old and new. So I, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to go with uh, The King and I, uh, Mrs. Anna. And I'm going to go with Hello, Dolly. Uh, she was... I mean, spectacular. I mean, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Drop, it's drop unbelievable. dead. It's, yes, it was. Uh, it's one for the books. We need a pro tape. We need a cast album. We need all of it. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> we were just robbed. We were totally I just, robbed. <laughs> I just want to live in that performance for the rest of my life. Jenna, I love the story at the very beginning of your book, Choosing Glee, where you talk about being a baby and your your parents see you for the first time mm-hmm. and you have a huge smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that smile just has continued with you until this very moment. You are such a such a delightful, positive person. It's 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 really been a joy chatting with you today. Um, oh, before so <laughs> before we let you go, though, we have a couple of final questions. Um, what was that show or thing that made you want to be an actor? I guess the easy answer is um, The King and I. <laughs> What's the hard um, answer? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, oh, gosh, I, I'd have to think about that. Um, I, I like to make yeah. things hard for myself if you haven't figured that out. Um, <laughs> yes. No, I think it was the, I think it was the king and I, you know, and then I think also um, Les Mis, you know, bringing it back around, we, uh, it was my first musical and I think I fell asleep in the middle of it when I was, I mean, I was probably so young and yeah. um we were able to actually, we were the Holy Trinity High School in Hicksville was the first high school production of Les Mis anywhere in the world. And so um, I was a freshman and Rob wasn't even in school yet. And nope, I- But I was at every was, performance. <laughs> that's right. Of course. That's right. I mean, Cameron McIntosh came and yeah. it was really he, uh, really groundbreaking and that was really cool. Um, and so Les Mis also was a really important musical in my life. <laughs> And, it, and those are both great shows. Um, well, oh, yeah. we know there's no tune like a show tune. And do you have a particular show tune that's on heavy rotation in these um, difficult times we find ourselves in? Oh, interesting. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a quarantine show tune right now. Um, a lot. I, I've been playing a lot of Dua Lipa, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I... If I had to pick one that I've, I've play on, played on loop a lot, um, when I was producing, when I was co-producing and raising money for um, uh, Once on the Island, I was playing Michael in the Bathroom from Be More Chill. <laughs> on, I mean, on, I think I've played it over a thousand times now. So, and how amazing is that? Because then you would become weird, a producer of Be More Chill, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> It's funny oh, how cool. things come full circle, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. have all, my whole life is, a, is full circle. It's, it's crazy. 
Well, I have to share one more one more little moment of just serendipity is um, in 2006, I guess. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Jenna, but we saw Spring Awakening together, and the show had like literally just opened, mm-hmm. and I, I, th- I believe it was our first time seeing it. Yes, and it was. I'll never forget. Afterwards, we stayed at the stage door because you had you knew Leah Michelle from Broadway Kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah. from or no, she wasn't in Broadway Kids, but she was on in Les Mis when I was in The King and I. Ah, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we stayed after and we like said hi to her. And it was just so wild to think like three years later, the two of you were on a TV show. I know? know. Well, I mean, and, and I was in Spring Awakening shortly after that. Right. Exactly. I right. Mean, yeah, forget about Glee. You were in yeah. Spring Awakening. Right? It's crazy. I was like, hey, yeah. guess what? Jordan, your show. Oh my gosh. And oh I, my booked, gosh. Um, I booked uh, uh, Spring Awakening, I think it was January 2nd, and I left Spring Awakening on January 2nd. Um, oh, wow. So I booked and joined the cast on 2008, and then I left in January of 2009, just before it closed. So, did oh you do gosh. it with Hunter Parrish, or did you do it with... I did. You do it I, with, oh. um, I did it with everybody. So I did it with um, the original cast, um, right? You know, they had won the, the, the Tony in July, right? June, July, and then I joined in January. And... Um, and then uh, I had Hunter and Alexandra Sosha and um, the new cast like Emily Kinney and Caitlin Kinnanen and, and, you know, all those wonderful, oh my wonderful gosh. artists. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Amazing. Well, crazy, I can't crazy. wait to see how, how many things we talked about today that will manifest themselves in the future and we'll just right? keep making connections. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Amazing. Thank you so, Thanks so much for being so generous with your time. Yeah, this was so oh, fun. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just Michael in the bathroom Michael in the bathroom at a party No, you can't come in I'm waiting it out till it's time to leave And picking at grout as I softly grieve I'm just Michael, who you don't know Michael flying solo Michael in the bathroom by himself Jamie here. That's our show. Thank you for listening. At this difficult time, please consider making a donation to the Actors Fund at actorsfund.org. The Fabulous Invalid is a production of O&M Etc. and The Fabulous Invalid LLC and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Our theme music is by Lucky Chops. Today's episode was edited and engineered by Charles Van Kirk. Find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at Fabulous Invalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcast. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday. Stay well and be safe. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.